The Adventure Jogger, a podcast about trail and ultra running. Meet fascinating runners from the front, middle, and back of the pack, sharing inspiring and funny stories about life and running. Running should be fun, and so should running podcasts. I'm your host, Ryan Pluckelman, and this is The Adventure Jogger. If you're going to get through tough miles, you need a good crew, right? And tonight we've assembled one of the finest crews ever assembled. I know I say that every single crew show, but I super mean it this time. Of course, on the crew, on this episode of The Adventure Jogger, we have Jeff Stafford. Hello, Jeff. Hey, how you doing? Um, by the way, we are enjoying Corona Hard Seltzer tonight during this episode, this crew episode. Jeff, you've had the Blackberry Mango already? Yeah, blackberry lime. Blackberry, blackberry lime, lime, and now you're having the mango. Trying the mango. Um, I'm trying the tropical lime right now, but Stafford, of course, here on the cruise show, and also joining us on the cruise show from the last annual Heart of the South race, which is a 326-mile race, but it's not 326 miles. It was 340 miles, because that's Laz. Uh, we have the winning couple behind the Heart of the South, the last annual Heart of the South. They finished in four days, 23 hours, 37 minutes. Bev finished in 30 seconds. Alan finished in 45 seconds. We have Alan and Bev Abs on this episode of The Adventure Jogger. Alan, Bev, welcome. Yeah, thanks for having us. Thank you. It's kind of exciting to be here. It's great to have you guys on. Before we get to the the, the excitement of... This incredible race, this new Laz adventure, the Hearts of the South. I thought we'd take a minute and kind of get your guys' running story. You're you're a power couple. Uh, you live out in California, but obviously you have some love for the for the Beast Coast because you've done some Laz races. But kind of get your story. Who was the first person between the two of you to get into ultra running? Um, well, I think we both kind of got into it about the same time because we met, uh, we met originally doing bike racing. We were both bike racers. Okay. And, and this was like 25 plus years ago. And, and so we, um, we, we met down in San Diego doing bike racing. We, uh, we eventually moved up to far Northern California and, and we, we, came to find out that that bike racing was not uh, as big a thing up there in the far north as it was down in San Diego. And so right. we ended up getting into um, the sport of adventure racing back in its heyday. So the Eco Challenge and a lot of those multi-day races where you mountain bike and you orienteer and you do whitewater kayaking and rock climbing and all that type stuff. And and so we, we did that for many years. And, and so as, as training for that, we both started doing longer distance runs because we figured that that you know you, you're going to do your best in some of these multi-day races if you can run instead of you know walk during during the right. orienteering season. so so we, so we both did our first ultras way back around uh, 1999 or 2000 we, we got started a little bit late in life but uh, we've been uh, uh, hard at it ever since all right million dollar question bev do you remember alan's pickup line all those years ago at those long distance bike challenges, do you remember what was the sweet line? What did he lay on you? Yeah, what did he lay on you? <laughs> well, the first one I remember, um, we were both taking a class in track racing. Okay. And we were taking a break and sitting around there, and I was talking about my brother to somebody, and he was on the Canadian national cycling team. And Alan was had overheard me, and he, he goes, that wouldn't be Ken Anderson, would it? <laughs> <laughs> that was it. He knew my brother. Oh my god! <laughs> I go, oh boy, and it went downhill from there. I see. No, no and here's the funny <laughs> thing. Like Alan, you could not have Googled that back at no. that time. <laughs> you had yeah. to really know that because, like nowadays, Bev, you wouldn't know if he's like, "Well, you're talking about." You wouldn't know if he Googled it or he actually knew it. So. So, Alan, you knowing Bev's brother is kind of what opened the door for, for love to blossom? 
Yeah, so, something like that. Uh, I mean, I was so I, I had moved out to San Diego from the East Coast, and um, and so I was a bike racer on the East Coast in college, and and so Ken was like he was like a big deal in the area where where I used to race, and I never met him personally, but I'd always hear stories about him, and so so it was just kind of you know weird that all of a sudden I ran into his little sister. Uh, you know, on in in San Diego, and uh, yeah, so that uh, you know that wasn't the you know that wasn't what sealed the deal, but you know that was a good that was a good start. I think I think you were just I think you were just you had the, the hots for, her and you just did some serious old school you know homework on her. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it was. So so bike racing, and you're like, okay, well, let's let's get into running shape. You do these adventure races, which are an entirely different thing uh, and, and kind of cool because it involves orienteering and, you know, biking and also canoeing. There's lots of, of, of aspects of that. When did you guys discover trail and ultra running? Um, well, I think and so we, you know, we would do like some of basically like 50 K's for training right, yeah. for, uh, uh, for for these races. But I think what really got us into ultra marathons uh, big time was we were doing what what came to be like our last big adventure race. And it was a it was a race called uh, Primal Quest yeah. uh, up in Washington State. And we had a uh, we had a crew member who was a who was a nice, uh, nice old guy on our uh, local running team. Um, and and he turned out to be on the board of directors for Western States. And, and we were doing this, uh, this race primal quest and it wasn't, it wasn't a great race and, uh, it turned out to be pretty dangerous. Someone died during the race. We were kind of bummed out about it. And, and, and he basically said to us, you know, you guys should get into, you guys should run Western States and, uh, and, you know, I'll help you get into it. And, and so we said, okay, yeah, we'll, we'll run this race called Western States. <laughs> sure. And, uh, uh, and you know never having run more than you know an organized 50k before and and so we put in for it and uh and so this was back in the old days when you didn't have to have when you could qualify with just right. a 50k right. for western states and so we qualified with a 50k and and leading up to our first western states we ran like our first 50 mile or our first 100k all in the span of a couple of months before you know, our first Western States. And so that kind of, and then, you know, doing, doing the whole race and sort of, uh, getting immersed in the scene was, was kind of what, you know, I, I think kicked off our, you know, longer term, uh, obsession with, uh, running ultras. What year was the Western States that you guys ran? 2005 was our first. Five. Oh, you were there for Andy's second place finish which we've been oh yeah of. you know yeah if you know andy you know you know 2005 that's like you know talk to andy you got to talk about 2005 <laughs> <laughs> blah, blah, blah. <laughs> the best part because I, I i did a interview with andy and i released it on western states day and we talked about you know the 2005 western states my favorite line from that was and i'll do my best andy you know there was a point when i found out i was in second place and then i realized that when I rolled into an aid station, they, these people had only seen two people, and one of them was me. I, like, like that was, like that's the greatest, the greatest feeling in the world. It's so like I, I always feel like when when people that ran Western states earlier, you know, the, the ten to, to, to years on ago, um, when you tell how you got in, like people nowadays who are trying to get in get really pissed. Like, oh yeah, come on, yeah. come, yeah, come on, come like on. seriously. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there was, I think the second year that we ran it, um, we, we drove down to Placer High for the lottery and, and the lottery had only started like five minutes ago and we walked into the auditorium and someone, and someone said, you two already got picked. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> those were the good old days. <laughs> like, man. Well, and in that, I was already in because I placed second in 2005, so I didn't need to get picked. <laughs> <laughs> so did you guys, um, at some point between, between Alan laying that sweet line on you, Bev, about about <laughs> the brother knowing about your brother, to finding also, <laughs> did you get married at some point in the middle there, or when did that? When did you guys decide to share a last name? Uh, pretty close to a year after we met. It okay, was, it was almost exactly a year, and we we got married down in San Diego in a park, and that was it. 
That was all she wrote. Well, I mean, anybody that throws a line down like what Alan threw. I mean, you don't, you don't let a guy like that hang around very long at all. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys kind of find this, this passion together. Um, you know, doing ultra marathons and all this bike racing. Do you guys do most of your training together as well? It kind of comes and goes when we're sort of really solidly into training. Right. We tend to do a lot together, but every once in a while we'll sort of be off track of each other. So we'll tend to break up a little bit more. Um, like this year, I was in hots from like from when it first was created, Alan didn't think he'd be able to go because of work obligations in June. Yeah. So I was really focused on training the long, long distances out in the heat as much as possible. Sure, things sure. Like that. And he couldn't have cared less. So we tended <laughs> yeah, like, to split up. Enjoy yourself. Have a great day. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. yeah. <laughs> That's where that 15 seconds came in. That's all oh, I can we'll, see that. We'll talk about that in a minute. We, yeah. The 15 seconds came from the uh, difference between your finishing time came from Bev, Bev taking it very seriously and Alan being like, hey. right. <laughs> Meh. Extra, an extra five months of training got her that 15 yeah. seconds. <laughs> no, I could see that as a power couple where it's like one day you're like, okay, let's go run a, a 15 mile and you go do that. But then the next week you're like, I'm going to go run a, 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 a 20 mile today. Uh, no. Nah, I'm not into it today. You know, sometimes right. it meshes, sometimes it doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, as you get, as you get older, uh, you know, sometimes things hurt more than, uh, oh, yeah. some days and other days. And so, you know, sometimes you just don't, you, you get out of, out of sync with each other and, and that's okay. You know, my wife has started running for the longest time. She, she didn't, she's like, you're an idiot. And I'm glad that you guys did not have the you're an idiot uh, moment between each. Oh, you may have for other reasons, but, you, you know, like it wasn't like when you guys met and then one of you got into, you know, long distance stuff and endurance racing. You guys were always kind of in this together. So there was no like you're a moron moments. And then you kind of come around to go like, oh, this is kind of neat. And I and I, I like I, I like running with Stafford, who I've done most of my miles with Jeff. But I but my wife, it's it's kind of fun to to have those those runs together because right. you know you're out of the house you're together and you're talking about things and it's just kind of <laughs> nice to have that that piece together but i'm sure you guys have logged thousands of miles and at this point you're probably like okay i got nothing else to say to this guy <laughs> yeah yeah you'd be surprised how little conversation there was during the hots <laughs> <laughs> oh i know how that yeah. goes <laughs> we actually there was one guy uh, on the first day who would run really fast and get way ahead of us and then we keep going along and he'd come up behind us because he would have taken a break yeah. for an hour or so and at one point he came up behind us and just went whoa the conversation here amazing <laughs> who's that grant <laughs> okay, yeah we haven't said anything in like three hours okay <laughs> was that was that grant that kept sneaking up on you no it was uh james taylor i think his T- name taylor was. yeah i think i think that was his name. yeah jamie Jamie, yeah. Well, let's talk about Hots for a second. I mean, this is this is the race that it's the, it's called the last annual Heart of the South, and and from what I gather, uh, Laz in his infinite Lazness has kind of thought that maybe Vol State has gotten a little soft with all the 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 trail magic, you know, like people setting up aid stations, like there's there's that uh, that bench on the route, and Jeff, you know, like like people will set up their house. Yeah. And then yeah. let you come take a shower. Yeah. And it's very like supported by the people along it and, and the people along the route of, of Vol State just absolutely embrace that race, which how great is that to have people in small towns across Tennessee get excited about some skinny weirdos running down the street for, for you know, for, for 500 kilometers. But he wanted something that was a little more towards the spirit the old school spirit of what vol state was before it became this thing and so the heart of the south was kind of this older school version of that am i getting it correctly or did i dream that did i did i have a dream last night of that and that's complete bullshit or or is that kind of what what you guys heard Uh, yeah i I think that's i mean that's pretty much right i i did the uh so i my first vol state was in 2013 
So, so that predated a lot of the, the, the road angel, um, phenomenon that you have right. nowadays. And, and so, you know, the first year I did it, you, you were really, once you hit seven o'clock at night or eight o'clock at night, um, you really had to be prepared to be on your own all, all night long. And, uh, and so that first year, I mean, I, I snuck into someone's backyard and, and filled up my, uh, water bottles, you know, at two in the morning and, you know, hoping that no one would wake up. And, and that was the year that I, I rifled through a garbage can to get some potato chips. And, um, but then, you know, with the, with the road angel phenomenon, it, it, and it's, I mean, it's fine. It's fine. It's, it's part of the way the race evolved, but I mean, nowadays you can, you're not, uh, you can, you can leave a, a town at eight o'clock at night and, and you can know that somewhere along the way you're going to come across a cooler or an awning that'll, that'll have some food and a little bit of food and some water. And, and you know that you're not going to have to go without all night long. And, and so I think Heart of the South kind of gets back to that original philosophy where you really have to you know, plan to get through the night. The question becomes, how long will it be before HOTS? evolves into a labs where people know about it there are more and more road angels i'm just saying yeah when will hots be ruined like like vol state is i wonder well Laz's plan for hots is to change the course every year there you go so he's already got some future courses in mind and they might be small changes they might be huge changes but you know they're always going to finish at the same place sure he, he already came out and said this will not be the same course every year I just want to point out, okay, that, that which, which makes a whole lot of sense. I do want to point out that Alan Abs might be the bravest man on the planet to, uh, to, to go rifling through trash and filling up water in some rando oh, house. Oh, he's not the only one. In the, middle, in the middle of Tennessee. You know, Alan, that most people have guns, and they're not afraid to use them, and they do not ask questions first. I think the, the Tennessee state motto translates from Latin into shoot first, ask questions later. Right. So that, <laughs> so that could be the, the bravest move ever. But let's talk about HOTS, the heart of the South. Um, you guys decide to do this. Bev, you've been training for this for a while. Alan's like, eh, why not, right? I, I've got some free time. We can, we can do this. Let's, let's work through the journey, the four days, 23 hours, 37 minutes. For Bev, <laughs> 30 seconds. For Alan, 45 seconds. Um, but kind of run us through the story of, of your journey of winning the first ever Hearts of the South? Well, first of all, the winning was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it's always a plus. Let's get that out of the way first. The winning was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to beat being called the queen of the South. South, yeah. So you are. We'll you are. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I, in case anyone didn't know, by the way, Bev is the queen of the South. And, and, and Alan, did you get the king title or? or... No, no, I'd be a prince. Right, because you're like Prince yeah. Philip, because she's the <laughs> right. queen, right. and you're 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 Prince Philip, essentially. <laughs> so, but let's so we know. Got, spoiler alert, everybody. Uh, Bev wins. Uh, Alan came in second, fifteen seconds behind his wife. Uh, but the, the, so that was great. But let's let's start from the front. So you guys arrive at the starting line in West Memphis, Arkansas. Uh, not known for being the greatest city in, in America, but you get there to the starting line and kind of walk us through your race. Um, well, I, you know, so I think in a race like this, um, well, you want to you want to remember that this is going to be like many days long, mm -hmm. and and so there's uh, there, there's a tendency to like try to try to get a lot of miles in early on. Uh, you know, go super fast, you know, you want to run like you're running your local 10 K or marathon or, or whatever. But, but in the back of your mind, you got to realize that, that you're going to have to do this for, you know, four or five days on end. And, and so you, you sort of have to get in the mind of, of running your own race and try not to, at least for the first day or so, try not to worry too much about who's ahead of you and how far ahead of you they are. And, and you sort of let that, you know, work itself out over, over a couple of days. And, and so like, this is the fourth, one of these races I've done and the first two or three days have always been super hot. Yeah. Uh, and, and so it was, it was hot, uh, on day one. And, um, and, and so, 
you know, I got a little bit behind on my fluids and, you know, cramped up a little bit, but we still kept <laughs> Bev just and... mouthed a lot behind. The <laughs> <laughs> like whole bunch. And... Yeah. And he's like, I'm fine. And, uh, I'm yeah. fine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's bad when you, uh, I mean, you go to, you, you go into a hardware store so you can buy a container of pickle juice at the, there you go. At the hardware store, you know, on day one, <laughs> you, you know, things are going pretty badly for you. But I mean, yeah. So the first day was, was really hot. Um, we, uh, we, we, we ended up getting like 54 miles during that first 12 hour period, which is actually more than I've ever done in, in a 12 hour period at one of these races. And so that seemed a little bit extreme. Yeah. Uh, and then we just like kept pushing through the night and, and ended up with like 97 miles for the first 24 hours, which is, I mean, that, that, that would be, I mean, a lot of people would kill for that just for a regular 24 right. hour race. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and we were doing it, you know, support, you know, buying stuff at mini marts and in the heat of the day and all that. And so we had really gone probably a little bit hard, harder than, than, you know, we should have. Um, that's a so, lot for day one. Yeah. Yeah. That's a lot for day one. And, and what you, when you look at like previous vol states, um, it, when you see people that go over 90 miles on day one, uh, you know, there's, there's like two end endings for them. You know, one of them is they end up doing really well. And the other one is they end up pulling out. And, and so, um, so we finished that first 24 hours, came into a town and then immediately got a hotel room for a couple hours so that we could, uh, you know, rest up a little bit, get something to eat, get something to drink and sort of prepare ourselves for, for day two, because, you know, it was going to be equally hot on, on that day. And, and so that's, and, and so knowing when to rest, uh, even though, you know, one of your competitors is pushing forward, it is, you know, you gotta be patient and, and you gotta understand that, that, you know, it's not, the point in time, how close you are to someone, but, but, you know, the long-term strategy of, of knowing that, that, you know, later in the race, you're going to be a lot fresher if you, if you take a little bit of time early to, to, you know, sort of stabilize yourself. So I'll let Beth pick it up from there. And one thing I want to really emphasize is that when we took these fairly long breaks and by fairly long, I mean, two hours, <laughs> yeah. Always did it at a hotel. Yeah. Because you can get so much better rest and, and a little bit of recovery in a decent bed than you can laying on concrete on the side of the road and listening to cars go by and not knowing if you're going to be attacked by a dog or a car might drive over you or, or Lord knows what. So, you know, we really made sure that we were getting those hotels when we needed them. And then, you know, of course, on top of that, it can help you cool your body down. As Alan mentioned, the day was super hot. He had been starting to go into cycles of heat exhaustion. He was getting cramps, hamstring cramps that, you know, his hamstring felt like a baseball behind his leg. Oh. It was cramped up so bad. Um, I had, I was getting packets of mustard from mini marks and feeding him mustard to try to release the cramps. And then, you know, the pickle juice started trying to keep things going like that. So whoa, yeah, whoa. hang on, just pause real quick. I want everybody who does not believe in love to stop a moment. And I want you to picture <laughs> Alan and Bev on the side of the road in Tennessee or wherever they were at that time. And you're feeding your husband mustard, mustard. packets to try and get those cramps to stop. <laughs> that is love, sir. And I sure hope that you get her something really nice for your anniversary because you kind of owe her. So Bev, let me Bev, let me back you up for a second. You you mentioned the uh, two two and a half hour stops at, at you know at a hotel or something like that, and they're they're fine establishments. I know what you're talking about. But talk me through your uh, your hotel routine, if you will, real real quick. What what usually transpired in there? I mean, there's a lot you got to get accomplished. Yes, um, and what we would normally do is go to a mini mart, just you know, next to the hotel or something, get some food that we could prepare, something that was going to be substantial um, and usually salty, something like ramen noodles or mac and cheese or something that we could get prepared. I thought you said rum and noodles. <laughs> like, all right. That, that might have worked just as well, but I said it. Rum and noodles. 
Pickles. (laughs) (laughs) Got it. Okay, continue. (laughs) So, and then once we had a stash of what we needed, we'd go and get the hotel, get checked in. One of us would get into the shower, strip off and rinse out all the salt and crap from the clothes, get showered while the other one started preparing the food and then switch. And then we would just eat what we could manage to eat in a couple of minutes and then just crash out and sleep. And during that sleep time, it would give our bodies a chance to recover, to take in some of the calories we just put down right. um, and you know have our feet out and drying out and just sort of everything would come back into feeling a little bit better. So that was generally how we handled and those. Then, and then you um, get up and put on damp clothes. But that was really nice, though. Yeah, yeah. We knew you were going out in 90-degree weather oh, I know. Yes. to put on something cool and damp. Yeah. So, and that's, you know, that was what we did. And even if we weren't staying in hotels, you know, if we were just stopping somewhere, if we went to a mini-mart or whatever, we'd strip off whatever we could and rinse it so yep. we could go back out with damp clothes. So that's that's that salt will tear you up. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. (laughs) Exactly. And you got to get those mustard stains off of Alan's shirt because he didn't want those to set in. You know, (laughs) got to get those those stains out. So so day two, you guys are coming in with over 90 miles. You, You rest for two hours in that in that hotel room and then you start day two. How did day two go? Day two was not a very exciting day. It was a lot of travel down highway shoulders. Um, and we just sort of set our, our legs in motion. Um, Alan was still suffering from the heat stuff. So he put on his arm sleeves and I would just be watching the, the ditch for water bottles that had a bit of water left in them. And I'd go and grab water and pour them on his sleeves to try to help, help keep them cool and get them cooling back down. And okay. Hang on. Going. Hold on. <laughs> Alan, I, I don't, I don't want to be the person that is going to break this to you, <laughs> but in the South, it is quite common to you're I was careful. <laughs> I was careful. <laughs> I'm just saying, if someone was on a road trip and they were very well hydrated, Bev could have poured pee on you. I'm just, I'm just. I'm just <laughs> <laughs> I actually took the high road and did a sniff test. <laughs> is that lemon Gatorade or <laughs> what is that? <laughs> Yeah. Never trust a Gatorade so, bottle. That's that's what. No <laughs> Always go with the blue Gatorade. You can't. You won't mess up. With that. So, so day two, uh, day, day two was all about. Um, you know, as, as you know, this this section, uh, this uh, race has this thirty-five mile dead zone. Yeah. Where um, where there's only like two places along the way where you can get water uh, and only one bathroom, and so so the whole. I mean, our whole strategy on this, you know, day two was to get well into this desert section and, and try to do as much of it at night because, you know, knowing how hot it was during the day, I couldn't imagine. There's like one section that's 18 miles between, you know, getting water. And I couldn't imagine doing that in the heat of the day. And and I feel sorry for the folks that, that followed behind us and had to do it in the heat of the day. Yeah. And, and so for us, it was all about getting, getting into that section in the middle of the night, getting as far as we could, uh, there, there before it got, uh, light again so that we could, you know, get in and out of that section and be on our way. And so, you know, luckily for us, we, um, it, the section, the section starts like in uh, Mississippi and Iuka mm-hmm. and, and we, we came across a, a store that was closing down like minutes from when we got to it right before we entered that section. And, and the guy sold Bev like a bag of hot food that he was going to throw away for $6 and so right. entered it. <laughs> chimichangas and chicken and biscuit sandwiches and all sorts of good stuff. And, Mixed bag. And, yeah. <laughs> so that, that stretch. So that's, food. Oh, go ahead. We had so much food from that that at one point there was something that he gave us some chicken fried fries 
which I still am not sure what they are. I don't think anyone knows what they are. (laughs) They were cold and kind of nasty at that point from us just carrying them. So we actually had so much food that we threw those out. It's like, okay, we don't need this. It's yucky. Get rid of it. Honestly, Bev, no one needs chicken fried fries. (laughs) That's that's not a food group that needs to exist. (laughs) So that section you just described, the the desert stretch, if you will, that's the section that Laz will keep. He won't change that section. He'll keep that one because it's just torture. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he might. Yeah. yeah, he might. I mean, that section that section goes from Iuka, Mississippi, and then it crosses the Tennessee River up into Florence. Is is sort of like where you come out of that desert section. And I think, and so at that at that uh, on that route, you have an option. You can head south and go through Muscle Shoals on the south side of the Tennessee River, uh, or you can go north and, and go through Florence and take that you know northern route. And so you know. Uh, it might be nice to go through Muscle Shoals sometime in the future. That that area's uh, you know got some history, so you never know. Oh, you're gonna be playing Skinner the entire time you're yeah. going through Muscle Shoals, <laughs> yeah, Marshall Tucker. Like, I hope you brought your Marshall Tucker uh, cassette with you. So day two goes by. How many miles are you guys in at the at the end of day two when you hit that hotel? Uh, I think we yeah. So, so by the end of day two, we were up to like 157. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so that so we were we were a little over halfway through that desert section. We had just caught um, Grant uh, right at mile 157. Mm-hmm. So we uh, so we caught him right about uh, about 20 minutes before check in, and he was uh, he was laying on the side of the road um, in like this ditch, and the, and there was a camera crew there filming for this documentary. So the <laughs> camera guy is like. He's, he's just standing there watching them sleep on the side of the road. And, and so we kind of tiptoed by and, uh, and then he must've known, he must've been about ready to get up anyway. So he got up and he was about five minutes behind us. And then all of a sudden this police car comes up to us, two police cars. And, uh, and the guy says, um, we, we got a call from, uh, there were some fishermen that were heading down to the river and they, and they saw some guy. They thought he was dead on the side of the road. <laughs> don't, so they, don't bother to stop. You know. <laughs> so they called the police. And, right. Uh, <laughs> Let them handle that. <laughs> and, and so the police come down with. I mean, they had their lights flashing, and they pull over, and they're like, uh, you know, you guys know what's going on here? Is there is there some guy dead down there? And he's like, no, it's probably the guy right behind us. You know, five minutes down the way, uh, he was he was sleeping on the side of the road. We're doing this race, and you know, blah blah blah. And this, this all blows their mind. And, and, and so we talk with them for a few minutes and then sure enough, they drive down the road. And next thing you know, they, they pull up beside Grant and start to talk to him just to confirm that, you know, he's not, he wasn't the dead guy. On the side <laughs> of the road. And so that was like the fourth, it, this was, uh, I mean, normally in, I've averaged like two police interactions a year in the three ball state races I've done. And this year I hit four police interactions. And so oh, wow particularly good year for police well here's the thing you know the vol state route a lot of people know what's going on and they know when vol state is and the policeman will be like you know, hang on rookie these are weirdos they're running barney's so like oh, i can right, put this right, bu- right. I can put this bullet away right exactly but when uh, hots this is not like a lot of these towns have absolutely no idea and and they're filled with people that think you know like if you run uh, 26.3 miles you die like, like that's like right. the, the, the absolute limit of human endurance is 26.2 miles. And my God, if you go 26.3, you're dead. dead. That's it. And so I'm sure the police interactions are a little different and your interactions with everybody. I mean, you know, just the people you're stopping at the, at the grocery stores or the mini marts or the hardware store, you got the pickle juice or whatever. Your interactions were probably a lot different in hots than they are. In, in the in, in Vol State, just because people have no clue what's going on. Yeah, and and so the other, I mean, the one of the other interesting police interactions, and this one, uh, so this this was uh, we were probably about a hundred miles from the finish, and we had um, we had gone into this mini mart, we bought some food, come out of the mini mart, and and noticed across the street there was this had been this car crash, and so yeah. there was this car, it was kind of like diagonal in this intersection, it was all beat up on the front. And there were people standing around and some guy was like pushing the car off the side of the road. And, and we didn't really think anything of it. We started running. We're running down this this country road and this police car comes from the from the direction that we're running. And he and he pulls over and he says, hey, uh, do you guys 
know anything about that car crash back there? And we were like, no, you know, we, we went in the mini mart, we came out, we saw it there. We just, you know, thought nothing of it. And we're doing this race, you know, we're running, running to, you know, Georgia, blah, blah, blah. Says, okay, you know, uh, thanks a lot. He drives away. Five minutes later, he comes back and he's got his sirens going and, and he pulls up behind us. And, uh, and so we stop and he gets out of the car and he, and he says, you know, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, but, uh, you know, I just can't take your, uh, I, I got to check you on this because, um, you're leaving because, the scene well, of an accident. Yeah. Yeah. Ap- apparently running away. Yeah, apparently, <laughs> apparently whoever got into this accident, uh, immediately left, this, left the scene. Of course. So the car had been abandoned. And, and so, you know, this all of a sudden it was like, these could be the guys. It's those guys running away from the, from the car crash. And and like, like what you're wearing, like you've got like a, like an ultimate directions vest on. Are those big? I mean, totally dressed to be out traveling by foot. Yes. I I love that this cop is like, man, these guys got the greatest disguise ever. You know, they, they got into an accident. They had some, some, uh, some bizarre running gear in the back of their car and they're like we're gonna leave the scene of this accident you know and it's like you guys had the perfect disguise and the strange alibi how long uh, did, did he did he hold did he stop you from your progress he asked for our driver's licenses so and i had mine easily accessible so he called it in and had us checked out to see if we had any kind of connection to this car and so it was probably, I don't know, maybe eight or nine minutes or so. Um, he got all the information about who we were, probably more information than I wanted. To <laughs> You're like, I could be a mile down the road. You're holding <laughs> right, me up here. Right. No, I, what's going to happen is next year when someone runs hots and they're going to beat Bev's time by eight minutes, she's going to be like, uh, if it wasn't for that damn cop. <laughs> <laughs> So, so, so you're, so you're into day three at this point. Is this day three at the point yes. when you're, when you're dealing with, with this, with this really fine policeman who figured, you know, you guys have got the greatest alibi and the greatest disguise in your car and you're running from the scene of an accident. Uh, so day three progresses. Is that the, is that the excitement of day three or was there more? Well, besides the guy trying to give us $20 cause he thought we were homeless and wandering <laughs> <laughs> I don't think there was a whole lot else exciting. That was, yeah, that was uh, so. Day three was when we uh, we entered Huntsville, and um, and we had our uh, so we had our first true road angel experience. And so uh, there was a um, a couple that, that lived a block off the course. They they had heard about the race, and and you know I got some sort of facebook uh messenger message that that i i didn't have my uh my facebook on like you know to get cell phone uh, service and so it was kind of inactive but i i saw that i'd gotten something and i didn't really think anything of it and we're moving along moving along and we get outside of huntsville and, and this and this lady comes up to me at this intersection and she says hey i'm uh, i'm lauren and i was like okay all righty she's like i sent you that message i was like oh yeah that message. <laughs> and, and, and she was like hey yeah i mean if you want to you want to stop by our place we're a mile off, uh, off the course right before you climb sano mountain you know we can uh you know you can fill up your water bottles you know we have a, a snack or two there for you you can clean yourself off and and uh, and so you know eight or nine miles later we uh, took him up on that offer and it was a great uh, a great way to get ready for for you know the last day and a half uh, worth of worth of racing okay million dollar question here people would would unsubscribe and leave me bad reviews on on itunes if i didn't ask you this question was it harder to convince the cop <laughs> that you weren't leaving the scene of an accident or harder to convince the person trying to give you twenty dollars that you weren't homeless um, yeah, I mean, the, uh, yeah. So, so the guy, the guy with the $20, he, he drove, it, it was kind of weird because I think he drove past us going one direction and he turned around and came the other way. And then, and then when we said no, he had to turn around and go back the other way. And so this, he had, he had planned this out. And so he came up to us and, you know, had $20 in his hand. He was holding it out. And I was like, Hey, we're doing this race, you know, thanks, but you know, we don't need it. And, and he, and he was like, okay, sorry. And he drove away and then he drove back again. 
and, and rolled down the window and said, Hey, you know, I'm sorry I did that. I didn't mean it. You know, I, I, you know, I was, I, I was thinking something different and we were like, Hey, no big deal. You know, thanks for, you know, thinking of us and, and, you know, being a kind person and, you know, have a nice day. And so it was, uh, this was, I think this was like uh, Sunday morning. So everyone was in the, in the church spirit of uh, giving and all that. And so, you know, it, those kind of things happen at, uh, at these races. And, and, um, you know, a couple of years ago at my, at my second ball state, I, uh, got myself invited into a church picnic on, on Sunday afternoon, you know, when I was at a low point and, and, you know, that, uh, you know, turned things around for me. And so, you know, th those things, they, they just happen. That's the magic of the race. That's that's so fantastic. So Bev, I was reading you had a two-part race report. I finished part one. I did not get to finish part two, but I distinctly recall you saying something about catfish strips. Oh my gosh! What day yes. was that? Was that day three or four? <laughs> that was that was a night Rogersville. that was uh, outside of Rogersville. So that would have been mile. That would have been right. like uh, second night. No, third third night. Third night. Okay, yeah, so after they came out of the the. Uh, so how do those taste? Oh my God, they were good. It was absolutely magical. They, it was a mini mart. I think it was a shell station or something with a mini mart. And Alan went in and he said the hot food section was amazing. And he came out with um, corn nuggets and catfish strips and some burritos or something that we took for later these catfish deep fried catfish strips oh were man absolutely wonderful and of course there's dipping sauce so you smear all kinds of crap all over them. anyways <laughs> <laughs> they were really good i wanted to go back in for more and alan's like no we're leaving we're pressing on <laughs> <laughs> so the last day and a half you're, you're starting day four you know you're, you're you've had some pretty good adventures so far how did the last day and a half go for you um, yeah, so, uh, well, we, um, so probably the biggest experience, you know, after we, we climbed up sand mountain, mm -hmm. which, uh, so we crossed the Tennessee river the last time we climbed up sand mountain, which is uh, outside of Scottsboro. And, um, and then as, as, as it was getting towards dark, we, uh, we got into this, uh, this mini mart, uh, called the country corner and it was uh it was down by pretty close to pisgah not not quite uh there yet mm. and and we uh so we got into this mini mart it was getting it was around six o'clock or so and we look behind us and there's this huge storm right on our heels like, row, and, row. <laughs> yeah and so so we walk into the to the mini mart and we buy some stuff we go outside we're we're getting everything uh uh, arranged and it just starts dumping rain. It's like, you know, the worst rainstorm we, we had had yet. And, and it wasn't, and when you looked at the weather map, it was going to last for a good half hour or so. And so we went inside and there's this young kid there, his name was Josh. And, and we said, Hey, uh, you mind if we just kind of, you know, take over a corner of the mini mart here for, uh, for a while. And, and, and he said, sure thing. He took us into the back room of the mini mart, let us spread out. We had places to charge our phone. You know, we got some food, we had food there. We slept for uh, 20 minutes or so. Nice. He was, he was, you know, a, a complete trooper about it. Um, and, and, you know, that was probably the highlight of day four was, was, you know, finding, when you run into those situations where you're like most in need and mm. there's someone there that's just willing to go out of their way and, and help you out, even though, you know, they have no idea who you are yeah. and, and there's nothing in it for them. And, uh, and then, you know, when you're, when you're all done, you just kind of pick up and move on. And so it's always, you know, it's always happens. those small little victories that mean so much. Yeah. And it, although, you know, the one downside of, of the country corner is, is, you know, their, their hot food section was, uh, they, they didn't really have a, a hot food section. So it was all like refrigerated prepackaged stuff. And I bought these two hamburgers, um, with cheese and there was like the only things that were, that were there in the refrigerator. And in the first one, I opened up around two in the morning and, and I was munching away on it. I was eating half of it. I was going to give the other half to Bev and I looked down and there's like this big, it's in the middle of the night and there's like this big green spot in the middle of this hamburger. And, <laughs> and, I, and so I was kind of out of it and I was like, wow, I didn't know they put pickles in this <laughs> thing. <laughs> and, and then, and then took another bite and I was like, oh, 
oh, this is not good. And, <laughs> this is full on bold. <laughs> and then that, and so, you know, that totally, and then I, you know, I gave, I gave it to Bev and she like tore off a corner that, you know, wasn't, didn't have green stuff the on it. The good part, the good part. Right. Yeah. Yeah. She like, you know, tasted it briefly and she was like, you couldn't tell that was bad. And I was like, no. And, and yeah. And so that kind of turned me off from eating hamburger number two. Uh, because, uh, but you know, I still, w- when it came down to it, I had to, I had to stomach it, you know, just to, just to get through the end of the race. But yeah, that was sort of the downside of the country kitchen is, is there the, uh, the shelf life of their food. <laughs> right. Bev was hoping for more deep fried catfish. Yeah. Uh, and, and then you're stuck in the country kitchen, which by the way, country was probably spelled with a K, right? It was, it was, a- it was indeed. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> of course it was. Yeah. <laughs> So when did you guys smell the barn? Or I'm sorry, Bev, when did you smell the barn and 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 know that there was a there's a victory coming for you? Um I think well, I, really that whole last night it was just sort of riding out the the miles. Mm-hmm. Um I had I'd kind of gotten really confused about where we were at one point because you know, when Laz was initially talking about the the race, he was saying, oh, we, for Vol State, you cross the Blue Bridge. For this one, you're going to cross the Red Bridge, just a little bit down the river. And all the original directions, instructions had the Red Bridge. Mm-hmm. And that was where you knew you were sure. crossing the Tennessee for the last time, climb Sand Mountain and go. Well, we crossed at a totally different bridge. So I spent like five hours thinking every downhill we were doing was going to take us to the red bridge. And I'm like, Oh, I think I see the bridge. Right, I, think right. I, see the, I think I see a structure. It's got to yeah. be it. And then we'd start climbing again. And I would just be crushed <laughs> because we weren't at the damn red bridge. Where is that bridge? And, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and this whole time, Bev kept telling me we're going to cross this red bridge. And then it's like a nonstop climb to the finish. Yeah. It's like a 20 mile climb to the finish. And, and we, <laughs> I didn't and, say that. <laughs> and, and, we, and we never got to this red bridge. And then all of a sudden with like 15 miles to go, I, I said, you know what? I think, uh, I think we're, we've been on top of this mountain the whole time. And, and, you know, we're as high as we're as low as we're ever going to go. And, and it's just, you know, basically flat and rolling hills to the finish. There's no more downhill. There's no more big climb. And, and once we sort of realized that, that, you know, we had done the big climb, we were worried about 50 miles ago. Then it was, <laughs> it was smooth sailing. Like, oh. Yeah, it was just you know, riding the rollers in. And we realized we're essentially done. We're just going to stay up on top of Sand Mountain. We know we've got rollers to go in. Um, so it was just kind of finishing it off and having fun that last night. And then when we were getting ready to turn the final turn with three miles to go on Castle Rock Road, yeah. another freaking storm comes in. Huge storm mm-hmm. comes in. And we're, you know, I'm trying to get my phone out to call Carl to let him know we're about to make this turn. And the phone's getting all wet, so I can't swipe it or do anything right, on right. it. So, you know, we, and it's, it was starting to get light. So I was a little worried about going into people's yards at yeah. this point, but we had to go in under someone's carport so we could get our jackets and everything out and actually be able to call Carl. And then that last three miles was just this miserable slog through the pouring rain to the finish. And then, you know, we got into the final area and it, we didn't race it. We just, Alan just let me go. And then, you know, it was so wet that Carl is standing at the rock because the rock is on right on the edge of a cliff. Yeah, oh, yeah, like, yeah. Don't run. Don't run. Right, this rock right, is slippery. Don't right, run. Right, just- right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I just sort of walked over and touched the, the final rock. And then when they pushed me off, Alan went in and finished. So- <laughs> I just wish the sto- the ending story. If you want to change it, I can edit it out, Bev. If you want to go like, listen, when you have five months of solid training over your husband, that's when you you're make taking a, the win. You, you take that final kick. You know, you saw that rock, and you're like, later, honey, bye. <laughs> <laughs> you can't keep up with, with with these legs. Such an incredible 
adventure and and to do it together and it, that, that that is such such an awesome uh, aspect of of the race is just enjoying those miles together who's more crabby and hard to deal with when they don't get their way. Oh. <laughs> They're each pointing at each other. <laughs> okay, okay, Bev. Why why is Alan more crabby and hard to deal with when things aren't going his way? I don't think either of us actually really got crabby. I mean, he he had some low points when he was starting to go into the heat exhaustion yeah. stuff. Yeah. But mood-wise, he never really went downhill mm-hmm. and there was one point you know when i was booking my flights i booked my flight back on wednesday yeah so we had to finish on <laughs> tuesday in order for me to get home and there was one point when he was really struggling that i actually brought up you know we might need to consider calling this if yeah. we can't get yeah. you out of this bad situation we might need to think about what we have to do to make sure I can fly home. And and so, and at that point he, he said, well, let's just keep going and you know, I'll do what I can. If you have to leave me, leave me, Mm -hmm. but we don't, we're not going to stop. And you know, he just, he stayed pretty upbeat the whole time, even when he was really struggling. Um, So I don't really think there was a big point where either of us got, really yeah. crabby i don't know do you have yeah, something I, to, you'll, you'll go ahead alan no I, yeah my, i mean i just manif- things manifest for me more and more in stubbornness than crabbiness so <laughs> yeah put my head down and keep going <laughs> so so do you have anything you guys will say to each other is there a, a thing of encouragement that you know like bev you know alan is in the dumps i mean you're feeding him mustard packets for crying out loud you know that alan's not in a good spot is there something you know that you can say to him that kind of pulls him out of it um not really it's just kind of being careful that i don't say anything that's going to dig the hole deeper right and keep it going and you know one thing that we we came up with last year when we were doing ball state together if one of us was starting to drag a little bit we would start singing this walking with purpose song. So if we can you can you please give us can you can you give us a rendition please? I we can't we can't leave without hearing walking with purpose by well, Alan and Bev Abs. It's basically a marching song where you just repeat walking with purpose. Yes. Walking with purpose, walking with purpose. Well, it's a little more melodious than that. It's it's more along the lines of, it's a small world after all. Yeah, okay. That type of thing. We are walking with purpose. There you go. Walking with purpose. Walking with purpose. Yeah. (laughs) And, you know, that stupid things like that just help us both. It just sort of picks up your mood a little bit and you, it's just, trying to make things as light as possible when it, when it's really crappy situation. I want to shift gears for just a second and then like end on a on a on a silly note a bit because uh, there was tragedy at 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 Hots this year. You know you guys had this epic win, this incredible adventure and, and they had Kim McCoy from from New York, she was hit by a car, she had to have her leg amputated. She was uh, participating in Hots. When did you guys hear about that and did you see her along the course at all or early on and and how did that kind of hit you um yeah so we never we never i mean we saw her before the race um we we didn't see her on the course and i think um i don't think we i don't think it it happened until after we had finished Mm -hmm. yeah it was Um, after we finished yeah so we had had finished and that's when we 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 saw some um i think we saw some facebook messenger things that that something had happened and and we weren't quite sure and i guess before um you know there's a gofundme account that kim's sister has put together uh for her uh for her medical expenses and so i encourage folks to to check that out and to and to give if they uh, if they are able to give and, and help her out um and yeah i mean things like that are a tragedy you, you, you know these races are supposed to be fun and um but you know there is uh, because they are on you know roads that can be uh you know have drivers of you know various uh, attitudes and abilities and times of day and and you know you never 
you know, things like that can happen. And it's, uh, you know, it's sad that it did. So, um, but yeah, we, we didn't hear about it until after we had finished. Go on GoFundMe and find the Kim McCoy page, which is absolutely worth uh, a donation to to help Kim through this. Is that your is that your trophy? No, this is another thing. The um, the guy who made the medals and some of the other stuff, when he found out about Kim, he he started creating these. So you can buy these. Okay. And all of the proceeds go to Kim. For ah, this nice. As well. nice. So it's, oh, okay. It's, it's like, cool it's, it's like, a, it, you, now I can see it. There's like, it's, it's uh, hearts of the South and it's got um, a lot of the Southern States that you ran through right there. And yes. it's, and it's, and yeah. where, where can you, where can you buy that Bev? I, ew. Let me get. His I'll give card. you. I'll give you a second to go find that. But the GoFundMe, if you, you can find links to that all over uh, Facebook, just go to GoFundMe and look for Kim McCoy, um, and you'll see the Hearts of the South there. And she's going to need some help, especially you know, as she, it seems like just following her on Facebook that she's an in incredible spirits, and this is not going to stop her from from running ultras. So she is. She is really an amazing person. I mean, we met her last year at Ball State, and mm-hmm. she's just. She's got the kind of personality and soul that, you know, nothing is going to crush her. And I'm sure she has down moments, but she is sure not going to let anyone see it. And, you know, one of the first things she said was, well, now maybe I can't get into Boston as a, a disabled runner. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> Who comes up with that? That's right. That's positive. That's there. an ultra runner right yeah. there. That is yeah. the sense of humor of an ultra runner. So, yes, our hearts and our and our thoughts and our prayers are with Kim McCoy as she recovers, and she's now back in New York City uh, with with family and closer to family and friends. So, shifting gears again, because I, I wanted to bring that up because I think it's important and something that has been in the news. Um, let's let's talk to training for a second because. We really, we don't really ha- always have someone of, of your experience. You guys have been doing this for a very, very long time. And I've interviewed people that have been in the game as long as you have. And I always like to kind of see how you guys view the sport now as you got in and how it's progressed and then talk a little bit about training. And we'll start with you, Bev. We'll start with the queen first. The queen is always first. Prince Philip, you'll have your time. Just, 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 <laughs> just be patient. But Bev, how have you seen the sport progress since you've got into it? Oh, wow. It has changed a lot. I mean, you know, when we started doing ultras, it was, it was a, a really a niche group. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you'd go to an ultra every few months or whatever, and it was always the same people. It was easy to get into anything. It was, you know, everything was low key. Uh, there was no big hype around it. Uh, most people thought you were crazy. You know, like you said, if you run 26.3 miles, you're going to die. <laughs> so nobody really understood this concept of doing an ultra. And it was, you know, every time you mentioned I do ultra races, you had to explain what does that mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and now, you know, there are so many ultras out there and they, the money and the prizes that are being associated with these things is huge and the hype around certain races and you know it's just it's gone crazy and there's people you know there's people all over the world who do this stuff it's it's insane and you know specifically if you want to look at Laz's races when we did Barkley well and when Alan did Barkley the first time that was 2010 there weren't even enough people to fill the field of 40 from wow. around and, the world. And now you can't now get in. Right. Thousands wow. of entries to do this. So, and, and likewise with Ball State, when he did Ball State the first time, it was like 40 some odd people doing that. Yeah. And now the, the initial reason that part of the South was created was because of a screw up on ultra sign up because so many people tried to enter ball state that it overloaded it and he had to pull people out of ball state. Yeah. So he created this second race in order to not disappoint all these people who thought they got in and then didn't. So, and now, you know, there's this, uh, I don't know. You probably know about the great virtual race yes. across. The yep. I talked to Steve Durbin about it. Yeah. Thousand mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. signed up for this thing. It's just, it's insane what's gone on in you know these the years that we've been doing this. It's just, it's crazy. It's exciting. It's 
uh, gratifying to see the number of people who are getting involved uh -huh. in this kind of stuff. At the same time, it pisses me off because it makes it harder for me to get <laughs> into the races I want to do. Right. <laughs> but yeah, it's, I mean, it's been a huge change since we started doing this. It's just, it's nuts. Anything to add, Prince Philip? I mean, I'm sorry. Anything you want to add, Alan? Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. So you, t you talked a little bit about the training philosophy, and I think you know we've uh, we, we've gotten uh, gotten on in the years a little bit, and so uh, um, you know our training is definitely different. When you know th these things like Hots and, and Ball State, we just Bev and I both have this uh, this knack for you know putting our th ourselves through you know suffering for long periods of time, and so you know this is the kind of race that I th I think you know really fits with you know our our strengths where you know i'm 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 not super fast bev's super fast i'm not super fast but you know we can we can you know go at a, a certain speed for hours on end and days on end and, and still do well um and but you know when you when you get down to the, like your your average 50k or, or 50 miler um you know that uh, nowadays that gets a little bit harder for uh, old folks like us in terms of uh, you know being able to put in the speed work and, and things like that to to you know remain competitive week after week. But Bev does a better job at that than I do. Do you plan on using uh, Bev the line at all? Do you know I'm the queen of the South? Like if you can't get into a race, are you going to say you know I'm the queen of the South, right? Oh, well, absolutely. Yeah, I, it's already in my Facebook. Like, do you know who you're talking to? That is it. Queen of the South. Do you know who you're talking to here? This is the Queen of the South for crying out loud. Now, you guys live in in, in Sacramento, California. Yeah. yeah. Okay. How long have you always lived? Because you talked about you met biking in California, and and so you've always kind of lived out there, out west, right? Um, I'm actually from Canada. I kind of, I, I sensed so. a little Canada uh, <laughs> right in there. But living in California, being from Canada, what would, what are your impressions when, like, what do you think when you come to the American South? What, what are your, what are your thoughts about racing? Because you've, you've seen a lot of it on foot. You, you may be somewhat of an expert. But what are your thoughts as, Cal as California citizens coming to the heart of the South? Here well, we go I'll, again. I'll just, just saying, I'm uh, I'm 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 Southern born by the grace of God. I was uh, born in Georgia. Wow. <laughs> now, when you go home, did your family go like, "We don't trust Alan no more because he's from California." Hey, from California. <laughs> For God's yeah, sake. And then, uh, yeah. And so I gr I grew up in uh, in Virginia, and and my folks live in Birmingham, Alabama, um, right now. And so so I so you know I I go you know I go to the South. Uh, every every year for either racing or visiting my folks or my sister lives in richmond virginia and so um and so the south is not uh, you know a, f a foreign concept to me like it might be to bev um but uh yeah so what's your opinions <laughs> um you know growing up in canada and i i grew up in calgary alberta so mm -hmm. toward the west yeah um to me, the United States was California and New York and nothing in between. You know, you heard about these other places. The vast wasteland. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, heard about Colorado a little bit because I was into skiing when I was in high school and college. Um, but other than that, it was just this big space. And, you know, much like the United States where you see maps that just show the United States and then a, a blank and a line across the top and nothing. Right, right. Well, Canada's the same. It's like here's who, Canada and who are those guys down there? Yeah, right. Yeah. right. <laughs> so it was, you know, it was like Disneyland. Okay, I can deal with that. Um, and then when I moved down to California, I, I think I still have the same sort of impression that there really isn't anything over there. So going over. You know, the first time I went over to do um, Barkley and then, you know, Alan's parents live in Alabama. So mm -hmm. I've been over there a few times. It's, it, it's a very different feel mm -hmm. to what we have here. The Doing something like Ball State or Heart of the South, I don't know that I would feel as comfortable doing that in California 
as I felt over there. Just the people, you go into those mini marts and the people just want to embrace you and find out what you're doing. And you know, they're, they're just so welcoming and helpful. You know, we had one woman at a, a mini mart towards the end, I, I guess it was on our first or our last full day that we were actually going to be traveling. I had crashed out on a bench out in the, the front while Alan went in to grab some water and whatnot. And as we were getting ready to leave, she came out with sausage biscuits and, and said, you know, I'd like to give you some sausage biscuits for the road. That's the kind of people that you run into. Um, we only had one person threaten to shoot us <laughs> and that's okay. <laughs> but here, I don't know if I would feel good about just walking into a mini mart in the middle of the night and and i'm not sure how that would go yeah that would be an interesting race yeah uh it's that it's southern hospitality is a real thing and yet this the south has its issues but one thing is is people are very friendly and they're willing to just talk to just about anybody alan and maybe bev you're gonna have to answer this one um have you had anyone when you go back home have you overheard anyone saying, bless his heart, he's from California? <laughs> Never heard anyone say that. <laughs> we are 100% listener supported. You can make a monthly pledge on our Patreon page. Just search The Adventure Jogger on Patreon or go to theadventurejogger.com. Join the community on Facebook and Instagram by searching The Adventure Jogger. And subscribe to The Adventure Jogger wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss a single episode. 